I'll be taking my scripture from Judges chapter 7. <clears throat> Judges chapter 7, starting at verse 19. Judges seven nineteen. So Gideon and the hundred men that were with him came unto the outside of the camp in the beginning of the middle watch. And they had but newly set the watch, and they blew the trumpets and brake the pitchers that were in their hands. And the three companies blew the trumpets and brake the pitchers and held the lamps in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands to blow withal. And they cried, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And they stood every man in his place round about the camp, and all the host ran and cried and fled. This is a great account. One of the most interesting battle plans you've ever read about. And uh, pitchers, trumpets, and lamps. That's quite an arsenal. And uh, we, when we hear about this story, it's one that I'm always intrigued by. I want to start a little earlier. Uh, I want to find go where we find Gideon threshing wheat. So let's go back to chapter 6 for a minute. This all had to start somewhere. And we find Gideon hiding. Chapter 6, verse 12. And as he's hiding and threshing wheat in the wine press, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Well, <laughs> Gideon wasn't sure what to think of that. Uh, we, we find Gideon questioning the angel. Uh, but first, before he does that, it's interesting, he, he's going to express the concern he has in his heart again. I'm sure he prayed to the Lord often, why is this happening to us? Uh, but here we go. Here's an angel. I'm going to make sure I make my petition known. And Gideon said unto him, O oh my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles, which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? Well, now, now Gideon's realizing this is more than just there's going to be deliverance. Gideon is going to be the one. And uh, that didn't seem very comfortable at all, all of a sudden. Uh, what seemed like a really great idea that the Lord was going to deliver Israel, all of a sudden now Gideon's going to be a, a player in this, and he's, he's not so sure he, that this is the right idea at all. In fact, uh, he says, Oh, my Lord, wherewithal wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. So we find Gideon in a place now where <clears throat> he's been praying for the deliverance of Israel, and it's about to happen. But... You're going to have an integral part, Gideon. 
And that that wasn't part of Gideon's plan for sure. You ever been there? God God brings you into a plan that you weren't expecting? Or is that just me? Anyone else had that happen? Amen. Okay, there's one. So, that was my father-in-law, I can tell. He's backing me up. Thanks. So we find now that we, Gideon's in a place where he, he's got to make a decision. He has to decide what he's going to do. So what happens next is Gideon wants to be sure this is, this is the right plan. Make sure this angel is, you know, on the up and up. So he says, wait here. And he goes and, and makes some unleavened cakes and brings them and, and makes an offering. And the angel puts his staff out and Fire consumes it, it's gone, and then the angel's gone. So now, Gideon realizes he's been in the presence of an angel and has seen him face to face, and that scares him because he could die now. Well, God speaks to him directly, comforts him, and Gideon builds an altar, a memorial for what for what has just happened. And I think Gideon has established something for all of us to consider here. Just in these few verses in Judges 6, uh, when we're in need, uh, when we have doubts, when we need deliverance, perhaps Gideon had been in that threshing floor praying for hours. We don't know before that angel appeared. We might find ourselves... Uh, praying at home, or even at these altars. And uh, we begin to realize that our petition is being heard. We realize the presence of God is there. We realize that our prayer is being heard, and we know that when it's heard, it's going to be answered. Bring it up again. Don't just assume He knows now. Bring it up again. Lay it all out there. And, you know, we, we find that he, Gideon then expresses uh, some rationalization. He, he real, you know, when he realizes that it, the plan's part of his, if we have a call that God brings in our life, we're going to have excuses. We don't see how we can do it. Express that. Tell the Lord all about it. It's not going to change anything. But it's always good to share that anyway. It's good to be able to you know, bring that up before the Lord because He will bring the assurance we need to calm our concerns, to help us understand that it's just an excuse and we need to move on from that. But, what, but we, need to, we need to pray through it. We must pray through it. We hear that. We used to hear that all the time. Praying through. And then God assured him, God assured him, he'll assure us, no matter what the situation is, whether it's a call, whether it's a health issue or a doubt or a concern, God will assure us. That's all part of the plan. And then build a memorial. Plant that stake. Never forget that God met you there. Never forget he heard your prayer and he's going to answer it. We, uh, Brother Elmer Luca talked about a faith shelf. Uh, we, we need to have one of those. And we need to take that, uh, that, 
that experience, even if the answer didn't come right then, and place it on the shelf. Gideon had to do this before the victory could be won. Gideon had to do this before he took 300 men and trumpets and pitchers and lamps to win a battle. He also had to do one more thing. Before we do that, let's understand why Israel was in this position in the first place. Let's look at chapter 2 in the same book, book of Judges. And we're going to start at verse 8. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being 110 years old. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnathaharis, in the Mount of Ephraim, on the north side of the hill Gash. And also all that congregation were gathered unto their fathers. And there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods of the gods of the people that were round about them and bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger. And they forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtaroth. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he delivered them into the hands of spoilers that spoiled them, and he sold them into the hands of their enemies round about, so that they could not any longer stand before their enemies. Whithersoever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil. As the Lord had said, and as the Lord had sworn unto them, and they were greatly distressed. We, we read in the Bible that our God is a jealous God. When we read that they served Balaam, they weren't just kneeling before an idol. That was one, I mean, there was an idol. There's a, there was an idol involved. But the type of worship was disgusting. And God couldn't handle, he would not accept that. For his people to do that stuff. And usually with these high places, they would have an idol and they would have a grove of trees. So they worshiped the creation more than the creator. We read about that in the Bible. And as you go through Judges, this happens. They serve other gods, they repent, God delivers them. They serve other gods, they repent, God delivers them. Back and forth and back. Well, we're in another spot right here. Gideon is the next one to help. Gideon was given a task after this encounter with an angel. So we're going to go back to chapter 6 again, okay? 
We're going to start at verse 25. So after Gideon builds the memorial, verse 25, it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years old, and throw down the altar of Baal that thy father hath, and cut down the grove that is by it. And build an altar unto the Lord thy God upon the top of this rock in the ordered place, and take the second bullock and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the grove which thou shalt cut down. His father's altar to Baal. Quite a, quite a task. There's an idol in the camp. How's God going to do anything for Israel when there's an idol in there? That has to go. What's an idol? Takes the place of God. That's not official. I didn't look it up. But it's something that, that's going to take the place of God. It could even be something that's a hindrance that we, that we place between ourselves and God. Idols don't just creep in. We put them there. That Baal, that Baal idol was not there until his father put it there. It's got to go. So then Gideon took men of his servants and did as the Lord had said unto him. And so it was because he feared his father's household and the men of the city that he could not do it by day, that he did it by night. Can't blame him there. He had, he had to do this in order for us to ever get to the next part. This had to be done. And what we need to understand we're all given an opportunity for deliverance. Those that are delivered have an opportunity to be sanctified. Everyone has the opportunity. But are there idols in the way? Sanctified are given an opportunity to be filled with God's power for service. We will all be called by God for a purpose. But in all these scenarios, God's going to search the heart. And if there's a hindrance, he's going to put his finger on it and say, that has to go. I remember... I used to teach, well, I still teach, but when I was in Chehalis, teaching middle school band, we had all these instrument lockers, and they were solid doors, and the kids could put them in there, and they had numbers, so they'd know, remember where their instrument was, we'd sign those. Well, I remember coming in to work, and it, it you know, it was middle school, so it always smelled a little funny, but uh, it, there was just something not smelling great. And at first I thought, oh, someone left their... You know, clothes in there or something. And a few more days, and it was really bad. 
And I decided I need to start going through the lockers. And there were hundreds of them. It was quite an ordeal. But anyway, you, you could care less about that part. So I'm opening the doors, trying to find where this, where it's really coming from. I, I can barely breathe as it is. So I know that when I open the right door, it could be really bad. So I finally get to the right door. And it was a chocolate chip cookie. And I, when I think about that, is a chocolate chip cookie a bad thing? Oh no. No. That's, those are great. I love chocolate chip. Did I want that one? No way. I didn't want that one. You know, sometimes we can have something that seems harmless. And if the Lord says, I want that, and you just throw it in the locker, ah, it's harmless. And it just sits. And you don't do anything about it. God says, what about this? Eh, it, it's, not, it's not a big deal. That got rank. Can you imagine... If we, if the Lord is asking for something and we just keep putting it off, what it smells like to Him? It's got to go. It has to go. He did it under the cover of night. That's okay. Was God displeased that He didn't do it in broad daylight in front of everybody? No. He did it like God wanted him to do it. We don't have to do it in broad daylight. We don't have to. It's sincerity of the heart. That's what God is looking for. And not only was the idol taken down, down, God was placed in its place. He put the altar there. He put the burnt offering there. The The men of the town... How they feel about it. And when the men of the city arose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was cast down, and the grove was cut down that was by it, and the second bullock was offered upon the altar that was built. And they said one to another, Who hath done this thing? And when they inquired and asked, they said, Gideon the son of Joash hath done this thing. Then the men of the city said unto Joash, Bring out thy son that he may die. You know, sometimes when we cast away those idols and we do what the Lord asks us to do, there will be opposition. Don't expect a smooth road all of a sudden because you're doing what God asked you to do. There will be opposition. Gideon's father actually stood up for him. He said... um, Will ye plead for Baal? Will ye save him? He that will plead for him, let him be put to death, whilst it is yet morning. If he be a god, let him plead for himself. Joash said that. Why did Joash have him up that Bible up in the first place? We've heard of peer pressure, haven't we? Yeah? Well, everyone else is doing it. It's got to go. If we're going to serve the Lord, it's got to go. 
If this, this particular event doesn't take place, Gideon is not asking the Lord to put dew on the fleece and dew on the grass. That's not happening. If this doesn't happen, there's no victory over the Midianites. If this doesn't happen, Gideon is never considered that mighty man of valor that the angel called him that day. Where are you finding yourself tonight? Do you need deliverance? God has deliverance. That's why Jesus died on the cross. That's the whole purpose of why Jesus came. There is deliverance for the soul that will repent, will turn from their wicked ways, and ask for forgiveness and walk. In, they will walk in newness of life. You'll be a new creature in Christ Jesus. But you, the, the idols need to go. Anything that will hinder must go. You, you need to be sanctified. You're saved. You're a new creature. Has anything crept in? Have you placed anything in the way? Is there a hindrance? Is there an idol in the way? It's got to go. You will be sanctified. It's God's will. Baptism of the Holy Ghost. You know, as life goes on, it's just like the children of Israel. As life goes on, we, we put things in the way. We will do that. As human beings. So when God comes and says, this has to go. Maybe it wasn't there before, but it is now. Maybe it was okay before. Maybe he didn't mention it before, but now he is. It's got to go. God won't change his mind. Baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's power for service. We need to have a vision of what, what that means. What does it mean? Power for service. Service for what? What am I supposed to do? Send the light. Well, how am I going to do that? Well, you need the Holy Ghost for one. So that idol's got to go. No hindrances. God wants to use you. He wants to use me. No hindrances. We need to let it. We need to. It's all got to go. And when it, when it does, we can expect that God's going to answer like He promised He would. Healing, call, God's call, all those things. The Lord might put fingers on things. It's got to go. It's got to go. Allow God to search your heart tonight. Allow Him to do it. Ask Him, Lord, what are you finding? What, what, what needs to go? That's a hard question to ask. You, we need to be ready. We ask that question because something will be pointed out. But if we're honest and sincere about wanting to seek the Lord, wanting to receive what we need to be uh, closer to Him and be ready, the time is short. Uh, when I think about the time being short, I don't think, well, this, I'm going to go see the Lord pretty soon. What about those that aren't going to see the Lord unless they hear about the gospel? It's urgent. Those idols have to go so we can be who God wants us to be. The song is 488. Won't you come and pray?